Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we have part two of our discussion of King Henry IV, part one. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act direct or anything else theater related, please reach out to us at facebook.com forward slash Lionface Productions. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash Shakespeare and at Shakespeare Pod. And now, on with the show. You got McDonald's money? <laughs> Mom, let's get cheeseburgers. You got cheeseburger money? Where'd you get money from? No, I don't know. You just buy the cheeseburgers. I got cheeseburger money. Mm-hmm. That's sweet cheeseburger money. <laughs> That's sweet, sweet cheeseburger money. That is a cross-cultural momism. You got McDonald's money? I got McDonald's money. The dark secret is that I know for a fact you've got McDonald's money. I've got McDonald's money. You got, you got that? Yeah, yeah, roundabout's lunchtime, you have McDonald's money. She got that McDonald's. As long as the kids ain't there. She got that McDonald's paper. You don't, maybe you don't have McDonald's money, but you definitely got tasty oh, time money. Betrayed by my own father. It's okay, he told me he was going to do this. Mm. I the get Keith, Keith's Keith. eggnog fudge in perpetuity. <laughs> Keith voted against the eggnog fudge. He huh? hates it. Oh, he does? He does not like it at all. Oh, well, then I do eat his eggnog fudge. But my mom likes it. Fine. <laughs> That's the important thing about Guy on Chocolate is marry someone who likes the flavors you don't. Chris likes the Mexican one a lot. Mexican and the, fudge is the, the shit. blueberry pomegranate one. Mexican fudge is the best, and everyone that voted against this was wrong. I actually think the blueberry pomegranate one is the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> I just want you guys to all know that the second half of this podcast will be peppered with me updating you on on how the on how the the going. See, I haven't voted yet. I did. <laughs> I attempted to. Facebook is acting weird on my phone right now, so I'll vote. I have, I have not voted. I have not voted in the guy on chocolate poll of today. I will continue to unvote and revote just to continue to give myself the feeling of voting for eggnog. Oh! Oh, Cass is giving him the stink I'm eye. I'm voting for eggnog, baby! Damn right you are. She's giving you the stink uh, eye. His, uh, his gift to me in the lemon versus banana battle was that he didn't vote. So smart man. Chase, do you have You got to sleep in the house that night, didn't you? <laughs> I'm worried about you needing to sleep outside. The I house. no, it was good. I, I slept on the couch. I watched my MSG 3K. I was out in five minutes. It was fine. <laughs> five minutes. That's generous. If I lay still on the couch for long enough and the kids are already asleep, I'm out in like two, maybe three minutes tops. Uh, MST3K is my instant falling asleep TV show. We started watching this. Is uh, it the, the new MST3K? Any of it. Oh, any okay, MST3K, because it was always sick TV watching when I was a kid. Yeah. And so it's, it's Pavlovian. It's just like, ah, oh, there's a black and white movie and there's people. Hands, the hands of fate. <laughs> Manos, the hands of fate. I have fallen asleep watching one episode of MST3K. Woken up in the middle of another one and not realized that it was a different movie until Stevie Wonder came out on the second one. I was like, 
I don't think he's in Mono's hands of fate. He's not. He's not in Mano's. I would know about that. Rift Track needs to take care of things like Under the Cherry Moon and Prince movies. Mm. I want to see that. That'd be pretty funny. Sick TV watching was always Price is Right. I could mm. fall asleep to that in an instant. Oh, sure. the, the Price is Right. Yeah, mm. I was staying home from school. TV. Well, this so this week was so stressful. Yes. That. The new George R. R. Martin show, mm-hmm. Night Flyer, came out. Oh, okay. I've been stoked about this. It's exactly my husband's type of show because it's a space opera. That's what sure. he fucking likes. I'm stoked about it. Wanted to watch it. Couldn't wait to watch it. Couldn't wait to find out what it was about. It was so cryptic. Sure. I made it 10, 15 minutes in. Didn't realize how far I did not make it in. Because when you pass out, the nice part about passing out versus falling asleep is that you didn't know you were asleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning on my couch going, Ooh, yeah. why am I here? Well, why didn't your wife wake you up? That's mean. That's mean. She should have woke you up. I think she was already upstairs. I've done that. We sat down to watch the second episode. Yeah, it's real freaky. Mm-hmm. I wake up at 3 and nobody's in the bed with me. <laughs> What's going on? Chase. And I go find Chase asleep in his computer chair. Because you went to bed earlier. You yeah. went to bed first. And then... In his computer chair, which I sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. I've caught yeah. him asleep during morning meetings. I believe that. Um, Just like, he does this like. <laughs> and then his like, head hits his chest. And if somebody says his name, he just kind of goes. <laughs> Again. And like, gives this like head nod. That's about eye, right. But his eyes. He's doing it right head. now. Yeah. I believe this about my husband because he and I have had many a conversation while he's been asleep. Look, I, I came watched... here to have a good time. I'm feeling very attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling really attacked right now. All right. I, 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 used have, I used to have a narcoleptic roommate, so it was, you know, like, I'd be in the middle of, Baker was narcoleptic. Oh. I would be like, we'd be having a conversation. I just thought I thought I was boring. No, we'd be having a conversation. He'd be playing video games. Like, to this day, I haven't watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy since I lived with him, because literally it was on all the time. Literally. Yeah, never mind. I was going to be like, literally? No, it was. <laughs> it was literally on. It's been, it's been, it's been damn near 15 years. There are movies I can't watch anymore Yeah, because people felt, uh, Dark City was one of my favorite movies. Still is a great movie. Best Rufus Will movie ever. I will hands down support that. Oh, I don't know, man. I love Dark I love City. Rufus Sewell, though. Dark City is amazing. But John Corbin used to fall asleep to that shit daily and leave it running. Like, And if it wasn't on, he couldn't sleep till Kingdom of Heaven came out. And then it, like... Well, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, though, too. But, oh, my God. John and I can quote Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves literally back and forth to each other. Well, but... John couldn't quote Dark City because he was asleep. The entirety of the movie Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, John and I can literally just sit there and, and just recite Bows. Blades. Bows. Maybe weapons, weapons here. That was the beginning of every... Oh, I'm not going to like this beer, I can tell already. It's good, because I need to sober up. So, are we recording? Oh, oh we've been recording. Oh, yeah, for six a beer called Living in Our Own Private Idaho. So, yes. one of the things we're going to talk about is um, adaptations, and this play has many. My favorite is my own private item. Maybe we should tell them what play? Oh, yeah. So this is Shakespeare's. Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare. That's had too many Shakespeare's. I'm Ryan Hatham. I'm Brick. 
And I'm Brian Fantana. Brian Fantana. <laughs> My name's Snuffy Bottom Puss. <laughs> I'm Squirt Purpler. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm Dak Rambo. <sighs> I'm Nip Turkler. Done. See y'all. Peace out. <laughs> I'm Beth Roars. Cassie Greenley. Ryan Halfell. Chase Greenley. And this is Shakespeare. So we're talking about uh, Henry the Fourth, Part One, which is a fun romp. It actually it is, really it is. is. It's a it great is time, but if you manage to sit through all a uh, you know hour and twenty plus minutes of Part One of this, I don't think that they'll be like, oh man. Extra 20 minutes. I think they'll be like, yay, it was 20 more minutes of fun. No, I think they're going to have a good time. Trust me. I, I hope they already did. Because I, I obviously hope that this Chase episode puts, comes out after that. It's 20% more free on there. Yes. 20%, 20% more Shakespeare for free this time. For free. Um, so we've been discussing Henry the Fourth, Part 1. And one of the things that we always bring up at some point is adaptation. One of my favorite adaptations is my own private Idaho, which was... Uh, River Phoenix yes, and Keanu Reeves in the early 90s, late 90s. Yeah, this is actually, you you introduced me to this Early this 90s, movie. according to... Well, it had to be early 90s. Early 90s. 1991. Yep. 1991. Had to be early, early 90s, 90s because of River Phoenix. So I tried to dig it out this week when I realized this was coming quicker than I thought. Actually, I think it was last week. I tried to dig it out. I realized that my copy is still a VHS, and I don't have a VHS player anymore. Oh, you could have brought it over to my place. I know I could have, but you wouldn't let me watch it, because you stopped letting me watch that movie up to the second time I made you watch it. But That's because you always wanted to watch it. I did. It's really good. Um, but in that particular adaptation, Hal is played by Keanu Reeves, and he is a rich... He, he's a... I mean, he's, a, he's an heir. The, uh, yes. the description... In the Norton Shakespeare anthology. I'm really glad that there's a description. I, I am. I'm also excited the yeah. fact that Norton um, talks about this. It does, well, because it lists... At, so with each play, it gives you like a basic... This is where it falls in the history, and this is what was going on. Um, and then it does a selected bibliography where it talks about people who have written articles about this play and, and places where it's been adapted, and they always do a film list. Um, and this is included, and the description is set in modern day Portland, Oregon, and mm-hmm. loosely based on the Henry Four plays. The film stars River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves as two young men who, for a time, join William Richard, the Falstaff figure, in a life of dissipation. So, what they are. I love, are, it. I love it. In a life of dissipation. They are um, pit pockets, uh, but mostly it is there's, about there's, the gay sex trade. They're ne'er do wells. Yeah, but I mean, it's these these men are making their living yes. in the gay sex trade in Portland, Oregon, um, in the early '90s, and a lot of a lot of the time is spent um, talking about the brotherhood that they've built up of the what they're learning together. River Phoenix plays Ned, or yep. Ned's character. Points, yes. Uh, no, Ned. Ned points. Is that the character's name? Ned yes. Points? Yes. No. Oh. But I, <laughs> I love that she thought you learn something new Ned every and day. Points were two different characters. To well, Beth until they are right the now. same. I thought Points was a different character in this play than Ned. No, no. no. Edward Ned, Ned Points. Ned oh. Points. Whatever. So Keto is the other guy. Keto is the other guy. So um, he's playing Ned, and he leads. He is really the main 
person who pulls Keanu Reeves in. They have this very laughable um, relationship with the Falstaff figure. Yes. Um, and then Keanu Reeves, of course, is wealthy and he has to go back to living his life and then dealing with what he's left. But it is, as far as Gus Van Sant movies, and I've watched all of them. A million times. A million times. And forced other people to watch them. I really love Gus Van Sant. I know you do. He did the artsy movies before the artsy movies were popular. It's true. But it's one of my very favorites. Gus Van Sant movies and Terry Gilliam movies are what you'll watch if you date that <laughs> in the early 2000s. Also, if you haven't... She'll make you watch Brazil. I did. And You're better private, for it. My own private Idaho. And you, would you have watched The Fisher King if it wasn't for me? No. And it's a wonderful movie. It was alright. <laughs> it, it has Robin Williams describing taking a huge shit and then all of a sudden seeing a whole bunch of floating little fat men all around him. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite Robin Williams. Everybody go watch The Fisher King and everybody watch My Own Private Idaho. No, yeah, but but My Own Private Idaho. Uh, oh, and even, a, even Cowgirls Get the Blues. That's another one that's really good. Being a, a film adaptation of... So, my know. beer of choice for this was Living in Our Own Private Idaho. I'm very proud that this was there when I saw it. I almost, like, jumped up and down. <laughs> I was very excited. I stood there waiting for Ryan to show up at the beer shop. Just so she could show me. And then I, like, danced over to him. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I figured he'd find that. I'm like, no, but it's amazing. He's like, you know, I assumed you'd pick it up. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's terrible. You don't like it? <laughs> no, it's okay. It's an IPA. It's sour and it's uh, orangey. But, so, there mm. are several adaptations of this. and oh, that's this, not bad. This particular trope of the... Uh, the uh, wayward son who's out sowing his wild oats coming back to the fold. Gallivanting around yeah. and then he, you know, he yeah. comes home and he, you know, kings up and does what he's supposed to do. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, and it, it's, it's a very common trope in yes. movies. And part of that is then we, I know that we have said in the last play that familiarity breeds contempt, but at the same time, I think modern audiences often want to see our kings and our leaders... They want to see the human side of them. Yeah, the human side. We want to know that they know who we are. Mm -hmm. Where in the past, I, you know, in the 1600s, they probably wanted to think that they were above us. Well, it was, that, 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 was also back when the, that was also back when there was a divine right to the monarchy. Yeah, and, you should be you know. better than me. Mm -hmm. Divine right. Well, I can tell you that there are no YA adaptations... Which kind of surprises me. I'm, no literary web series inspired. I'm going to say that my own private Idaho would fill that gap for the, like, 17, 18, 19. Fair enough. Um, mm -hmm. Although the theme seemed, in the early 90s, pretty explicit to me. At this point in time, we'd be like, oh, those poor kids, they had to sell themselves. Well, yeah, it's a little people. different, you know. Yeah. Being almost I, 30 years Yeah, later. I wish I would have been able to rewatch it now, a good, like, 15 years since I've seen it. Mm -hmm. um, just so I could look at it with the LGBT... A different lens. Yeah, with, the, with yeah. the alphabet view that I have now. To see if it still holds up as being something that's um, supportive, instead of something that's 
derogatory. Oh, yeah. Definitely an interesting idea to watch that again. Um, really? Taking that view. I'm going to mark that on the calendar that she said you would be willing to watch it again. I'm pretty it's sure. Been, it's been like 18 years since I've seen it, yeah. so I mean... I'm willing to try anything twice. <laughs> what about soft nuts? No. No. Still not eating any soft nuts? No soft nuts. No. <laughs> All right, so... Oh, um, she said no. She, she, Mom said no. She stopped the nut meat conversation. I will take that last piece of toffee off. <laughs> no, that's best. I can't let you do that. What the... <laughs> stood, up for your, stood up for your toffee. What last piece of toffee? <laughs> Normally I'd say don't eat on on Mike, but that was funny. <laughs> so I I want to talk about language in this play. Mm. Well, um, language is one of the huge it's huge and themes and it's, of this play. This is a play where there is absolutely no question of why prose versus verse is being used. Mm-hmm. When it's the king talking to his men, it's verse. When it's uh, Hotspur talking to his men, it's verse. When it's Falstaff and the boys in the tavern, it's, it's prose. Because and it's the, high, high versus low language. High versus low language. And the only person he switches back and forth is Prince Henry. Is, and yep. he switches back when he moves from one group to the other. Yes, he goes to he goes to verse when he's dealing with his father. And But even in his, his private moments. And I think that's really important. So the pin that I put was specifically at the end of Act 1, Scene oh, 2. Yes, when he's alone. When he's alone. So he's hanging with the boys in the tavern, and they're all having a good time, and he's speaking prose. And as soon as they all leave, and he's pondering his life and the choices he makes and, and the knowledge that he won't be able to do this forever, that inner monologue is verse. Yep. Which I think is really interesting because it shows... That this was always a mask. Yeah, and and usually when Shakespeare does that, it's the opposite way around. It's people using verse in the formal settings, and then when they're having a truly private moment, it's going into prose. And it's really interesting to me that Hal is the opposite. Well, because Hal always knew that he had to grow up. He never wanted to be John Falstaff. He didn't want to grow up to mm-hmm. be Falstaff. He just wanted to have a good time, and Falstaff facilitated. Well, and then, so... This play, like many plays, starts with the action already going for us, which is nice, because otherwise it's boring. We don't know how long he's been with Falstaff. We don't know when he made them aware that he was the prince, or if they always knew that he was the prince. We don't know how far into their relationship they let it go. Before they find out. Before they find out. So he may have been with them ten years. Maybe he's always been going down to the tavern or hanging out with Sir F- with Fat John Falstaff. Well, John Falstaff's know. a knight. He may have seen him at court in his younger days and followed the man. I mean, we know it's been going on since at least the very early part of his father's reign. Because in Richard II, we have that scene with Henry Bolingbroke when he's getting ready to take the throne. Talking to somebody going... That kid of mine is hanging around with this Falstaff character and getting into a lot of trouble, and I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Well, he doesn't reference him specifically in Richard II, because Falstaff's name is only mentioned in four of Shakespeare's plays. Okay. 
But he does. But mention, he does yes. mention that his son is gallivanting, carousing, yes. and yes. he doesn't. He does, he just doesn't specifically mention Falstaff. Mm-hmm. Falstaff is mentioned in in four plays, three of which he physically appears in. But we also know that there isn't much time from Richard the Second to Henry the Fourth, Part One, because he's still trying to legitimize his reign. Well, no, yeah, he literally just usurped right, the yeah. throne from Richard But II. it's been going on long enough that he's concerned about it. Right. And he's concerned about it in Richard II already. Right, yeah. exactly. And although it seems to be a thing that everybody in the boar's head knows, it's not brought up frequently yeah, that yeah. he is the crown prince until things like, well, you didn't. Pretend it was, I mean, you didn't know, that, you know, I know that it wasn't six people who sat upon you because it was just me and Ned. Well, well I, could, I, could, I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't hit you. I couldn't you. hit you. You're the prince, yeah. And it's, it's, it's the first time. It's convenient. That's the first time they call him the crown prince. And, it's brought and up so when you it's don't, convenient. Yeah, when it's convenient. For, otherwise, they, like, uh, somebody calls him my honey lord at one point in time. But when you think about the fact that he's probably tall and beautiful and with money, thank you for the money, please. Money, money please. please. Man, if, there's some, if people haven't seen literally all of Parks and Rec, this has to be infuriating. <laughs> money, please. Just look up a best of uh, John well, Ralphio. They should go watch Parks and Rec. Or, yeah, all solve of, or that okay, problem. start at season two. Start skip season one. Well, no. Once you're done with all of the seasons, you're like, man, I wish there was more. Then go back and watch season one. And be like, Actually, oh, no, God, watch no, no, I know I didn't watch it. Honestly, watch season two and then go back and watch season one and then watch season two again and realize what joy you have just by starting at <laughs> season two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. I love season one for its own. You know, there are some good bits, but it was trying too hard to be something else in season one. Yeah, that something else was The Office. And The Office isn't good. I don't care, I'll fight anybody who said The Office is good. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually hearing, agree with you. You weren't hearing any dissidents. Yeah, yeah The Office I'm is... Not a yeah, I think it's terrible. Every once in a while... There are people that like it, and hey, they're wrong. I really but... like the pranks that go on, and I will watch the compilations of all of the pranks that Jim oh, does yeah. Dwight, but that's really about it. And really, that just the gives me... The phone bit is real good. That like just that gives one. me ideas of what to do to other people at work. Mm. Although I haven't figured out how to unscrew the handholds on our phone so I can slowly add nickels and then take them all away at <laughs> once so that Anne smacks herself. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway. Anyway, yes. So, yeah, the Honey Lord and, you know, like, the, he's his royalty, which... It's a, it's a common knowledge that nobody talks about. Even the innkeeper. Although she defers to him for almost everything. It's a, it's an un, unspoken secret. And they hide him. Like, they're willing to hide him. They're willing to... No, I haven't seen him. Yeah, they're willing to go to lengths to make sure that his pleasure, his pastime, is fine. That he stays. Because he's paying for things. Yeah, exactly. Because he's, he's paying for nights full of drinking and revelry. Beers and food and, yeah. But they don't call it beer, they call it sack. I want to know well, what it is. Uh, wine. It's referencing wine. It's what the soft nut meat is in. <laughs> Yay! And no, uh, seriously, now I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I took. I saw a shot. I had to take it. That, oh, that was that was that was fucking. That was fine. That almost brought a tear to my eye. How, how beautiful that was. Are we a bad influence on your husband? <laughs> oh, that was soft, man. That was so good. I think that your soft nuts might be in pro- 
Like, I might be in danger. Stop slow clapping. No. No, you gotta wait for it. It's not the moment. <laughs> no, it was. That was definitely Chase earned that. Oh, Chase face. I'm sorry you're gonna have to sleep on the porch, but man, that was good. Trying to figure it out. I offered my couch, man. No, fair enough. I offered my couch. It's at least indoors. Yeah. Just sleep in the computer room tonight. The dog <laughs> might snuggle you, but, you know. Yeah. How about I like that dog? Bones. He's a good dog. He's a good dog. Leonard, so, Leonard's a good dog. So what yeah. else are we talking talk about, about some with of the Henry so, for? Let's talk about father well, we're talking. We, we talked, okay, so. We, we touched on the language thing. So let's talk, yeah. Yeah, and, Ooh, and on the language thing. So you'll find these books of Shakespearean insults. Yes. Almost all of them come from Falstaff. In that scene where he is kind of shamed. Oh, the, all, yes, all the, the, the scene where he's telling the story about the 12, 15 large big lads that are trying to... They're all right there. And he, well, there's, there's, yes, a lot of insults come from this play. And Hal and Falstaff share insults back and forth in beautiful ways. And and the the camaraderie between them is fantastic. And it's important to talk about that because it, when we get to talking about Henry for part two, we'll have more to talk about on the subject. And so I'm looking forward to then when we get to Henry for part two, when we start talking about that. Yeah. And I, like I said, the, the language thing is really fascinating to me that Henry's, Prince Henry's mask is more the prose and when he's... Well, because he's, he's playing around. He knows he has to he go. Is. And it, I think it speaks to, you know, the writing of this inherently righteous and inherently honorable person. Yes. And honor being a good point to bring up because this play is about honor. Mm-hmm. It never defines honor. There's no clear definition of honor, but honor is one of the biggest themes of this play and it's so important to everything that happens is the honor of the individuals, the honor of Bolingbroke. You know, if he was honorable, even though he usurped the crown from Ricky II, um, you know, the honor of Hotspur, the honor of Hal, the honor of John Falstaff as tarnished. If we had talked about the honor of Bolingbroke in Richard II, we would have disagreed then. Because he was not an honorable character. No, but that's what the point of this is this play is, is is he's trying to prove that he he, it, was. he is he's he's trying to he's trying to prove two things it's the legitimacy of his crown and that he is an honorable man and that's those are the two things that he's now that he has become the king and that's what matters to him is he wants to leave a good legacy he wants to he wants people to view him as honorable and that's what, that's why I'm saying that's what this play is about. It, there's no, you don't get a clear definition because there's so many conflicting ideas of what honor ideas is. because John Falstaff, as, as cowardly as he is, has his honor. It's tarnished and, you know, hidden in a closet. He takes somewhere. money from people to not join the <laughs> army. <laughs> it's and, an interesting type of honor, but. And takes people, money from people who do join the army. And Hotspur, his honor. And Hal's honor, mm-hmm. Bolingbroke's honor, Hotspur. So that's that's really there's a huge a huge part of this play. That's that's what it's about. Now I'm not saying that there's not other important themes. Like language is incredibly important in this one. Well, and, and even 
<clears throat> inside the language, we've got the difference between prose and verse, but there's also the difference between Falstaff's prose and the other low compatriot's prose. Well, he's a knight. And so, so, so we've got this fallen from verse. Right, and it's, it, it is interesting reading Falstaff because he, the way his prose is written is still like a higher caliber of prose. It's still higher language than the other low language around him, yes. Because he, like you said, he gives most of those insults. He's got this whole speech, you know, peace, good pint pot, peace, good tickle brain. Um, which, by the way, is where the name of the webcomic comes from. Good Tickle Brain. I didn't know there was a webcomic called Good Tickle Brain. There is a webcomic called Good Tickle Brain. She does stick figure Shakespeare. It's hilarious. And, I know Cassie has uh, shared a few of those. I, have, I, I love We've, we've good talked about brain. Good Tickle Brain before yeah. on the I'm going to have to see if it's on my webtoon. All right, uh, continue. Yeah. But, but yeah, he... Falstaff is an intelligent man. Yes. And I think it's it's easy to lose sight of that in and I think how one, he gets and, tricked and, and worked around. But and at one point in his youth... He would have been an honorable man, and he, you know, would probably was quite the warrior, soldier, you know, everything else. But at some point, he realized that he liked not not putting himself in harm's way. And I think Falstaff has this awareness that he can become a tragic figure very quickly. And so his way of ensuring that he does not become a tragic figure is to keep himself in Hal's good graces. Yes. Because I think part of him knows that without that relationship from the prince, he's going to fall. Yep. And he's going to fall hard. Well, because he's going he's gonna to rob the wrong caravan sometime, and it's not going to be Hal that shows yeah. up. Yeah. And it's And again, it's that difference between... Prince Hal and Prince Henry. Yes. Or which king, is or King well, King, king Henry. Henry. Because he is, until, yeah. until he's the king, he's Hal, he's the yeah. prince. Yeah. But then as soon as he becomes the king, he is he is Henry. Yeah. Well, and he really does slip a switch, which I know we're gonna be talking well, about. Which we will talk about as in we part get two. to part yeah. two and, and Henry and V. We see him flip the switch slightly towards the end of this when he's willing to The Come to Jesus speech. Mm-hmm. Well, the Come to Jesus speech, yes. But even then he goes back and he's talking to Falstaff again and he's still joking with him, he's still trading barbs with him. But then we see him willing to put his life... Well, then there's Hotspur, yeah. And he's, yeah, he goes, he's willing to put his life against Hotspur's. And Falstaff yeah. gives that nice little, False like, there's nothing that I would die yeah. for. There is no honor. And that's an interesting turning for. point, I think, in that friendship and that relationship with... I think Hal believes the whole time, oh, yeah, Falstaff's, you know, he's good for a laugh. He's this kind of ridiculous figure, but I do love him and we have a good time. And I know that at heart he's a good man. And then I think in the battle scene, he hears, that is yeah. is tested, and he goes, "Oh, I'm looking at this this person yeah. differently now because not on the same page." Yeah, yeah and I, maybe I fully, my definition I, like I said, of honor and your definition of honor are totally different. Well, I fully believe that a younger John Falstaff, he was knighted. Yeah, he was a sir. He obviously had proven himself. Uh, you know, at one point, but this is, we're talking an older, 
an mm-hmm. older John Falstaff. We're talking about a man that's he's yeah. more than likely in his fifties, forties, or fifties. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that moment for Prince Hal is this is this is real. This isn't a game anymore. This is my country. This is my throne. This is my battle, and this is what I'm standing for, and I need you as my friend to be willing to stand beside me. And, and Falstaff, Falstaff isn't. Falstaff isn't. And I think that, yeah, I think that's a really interesting moment that is is going to get explored further. Kind of the, the fracturing of that friendship, and how after, there's definitely a, a firm kind of before and after, and it's that moment that, okay. that it it turns on. Oh no! Ex- exactly, and the, and that's the moment when Hal realizes that a guy, you know, he expects that you know if shit hit the fan, that Falstaff would be there with him, and then he realizes, oh, he won't. And instead of mourning that, he goes, "All right, let's see how that is," and he he moves on and he goes and he does the thing. You know, he doesn't he doesn't wait around. He doesn't try and cajole Falstaff. He doesn't try and change yeah. his mind. He just accepts, okay, I was wrong about you. And that's it. Moving on, but I've got more important things got, to I've deal with right now fry than, than dealing with your... And so I think there's there's definitely a different tone at the end of the play when Falstaff comes in. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, Hotspur wasn't dead, and I killed him for you. Sure thing. <laughs> yeah, that's more yeah. of a, yep. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right, sure. Well, he doesn't want to play the yeah, game anymore. He doesn't want to banter. It's not, like, going to be a fun back and forth no, how, how storytelling. No, how lets him get away with his story. And that's a really good juxtaposition, then. That scene there with the ridiculous claim that, yeah, he wasn't dead yet, and I killed him, you should pay me, versus the 100 people attacked me on the highway. And a hundred people Hal, that Hal plays along and Hal's and willing to play the game and, and he wants to do the play and he wants to hang out and he wants to do all that. But here he is after that. It's like, nope. That's kind of, I, I, I feel like, bro. you know, you've got your high school friends and then you graduate and y'all go to different colleges and then you come back together. And sometimes when you come back together with those high school friends and you sit there and go, I have nothing in common with any Clearly of you. Clearly we were friends due to location. Yeah. Convenience. Proximity. And it's it's definitely a case of one person maturing faster or uh, at differently. all. Differently. And yeah. <laughs> well, Falstaff's probably dematured. Yes. Well, yes. like I said, when he was younger, he obviously had proven himself. He was knighted. He, you know, like this was a man that was probably... Yeah. And he's a big man. He was probably feared. And then what probably happened is that he was, you know, showered with, you know, like, beers and everything like that. And so it was like, you know, the war war's ended. And he's, uh, you know, he's come home and he's like... Everybody knows who he everybody is. Everybody knows who John Falstaff is. And so he's not paying for beers anywhere Huge and everything like that. Trump of flesh. And he gets used to it. And then, you know, all of a sudden now he's not... He expects... Somebody. He's grown uh, accustomed to a certain standard of drinking. Yes, and he expects someone else to be I paying. I as well, and this is, like, Idaho. It's gross. And so he expects someone else to be paying for the beers, and he, you know... Yeah. You know, so and he's gone, he's gone to, he's gone to see, and he's, he's a big... We all have those friends, though, right? Who, well, maybe not anymore, but in our 20s, we definitely had those friends that would walk in... And they seem to never buy the beer, but always have a beer. 
Oh, yeah. Always. And it was fine because they were amusing and they were loud and you wanted them at the party. And yep. You wanted to party with them. And then eventually you were like... Do you it, start bringing beer. Do it, it's your turn. Yeah. You're not what? as funny or as interesting now. What do you do here? The amount of beer that I have bought for you... Is not equal anymore. It's, it's no longer that. equal the amount of amusement you give me. Yeah, but I think... I think it's one of the the more fascinating relationships that's no, been I written, definitely agree. and it's it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see its progression and the relationship. The relationship actually the the growth uh, because this is the first this what we're talking about here with where he then you know basically just like sure thing grows to to Falstaff. It's that is like from. The moment he walks, he goes to fight Hotspur, to that, like, that's the first time he's Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of Hal. He's not, he's not always Henry after that point, but it's the first time he's Henry. And this, this relationship is one of, I think, three notable father-son relationships that are in this play. And I understand that Falstaff is clearly not Hal's father. We know his father. It's the king. But it's a father figure yeah. type relationship. So we have Hal and his actual father. Hal and Falstaff. And we have uh, Westmoreland and, 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 and Percy Henry. And Henry, Henry Percy, Percy. Yeah, Hotspur. And Hotspur. So we have three fathers, two two sons. But the relationship... It's like my two dads. Yeah, the relationship dynamic is so different between the... But here we've got a father who is strict... In the king, and is concerned. He is. He's always trying so hard to consolidate his shit. Yeah. That he doesn't want to be dealing with his son's shit. shit. And it's easy to look at him and say, "Oh, you're so unsupportive of your son," but he is supportive of his son. The first time his son comes to him after like drunken revelries, his son shows up, and in one conversation, he's like, "Dad, I'm going to make you proud." And he's like, "Sure." You know what? You have your sovereign's trust. Here is money. Here is a, uh, here's some men. Here's an here's... army. Yeah, prove it to me. I 100% support you making this change. So, Bolingbroke is actually a pretty decent dad. No, he really is because of that old, you know, that parenting philosophy of you shouldn't make your kids earn your trust. You should give your kids your trust from the beginning. And then if they act in such a way that they lose it. Give him the opportunity to win. Yeah. Well, and he's, he let Hal go on his Rumspringa, and Hal comes back. Well, his Rumspringa wasn't just 18. It was 18, 19, 20, 21. 20, yeah, but still, it's the same, yeah, you know. You, but but that conversation proves. Went to college. That. <laughs> yes. That, yes. That Henry Bullingbrook. The prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Went to Henry Bullingbrook could have called him back at any time. Yeah. And laid he down the made law. Him. Yes. But he let him go and have his freedom and he let and him he go let and have Hal make the that experience. And so then when he did call him back, it wasn't just a, I'm displeased with you, you need to straighten up. It was, this is what's happening I in the world you. and this is the role that you have to play in it. And, yeah. and by talking to him in that way as like, I'm talking to you as an equal, I'm talking yeah. to you as my heir with this responsibility that I know you are equal to, please show me that you are equal to. We're on the same team, man. Yeah. That's the way he treats you. Yeah, and it's great. We know that these conversations have happened before because 
otherwise, why in the world would Jack Falstaff be like, do you want to talk it out? Should we pretend to be your dad? Well, and, Let's have a and, whole but, play. And they go into this whole production. But how many times? But it's probably mostly been, stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. No, I don't want to. But now there's a moment where he does. And the first time he gets from his son a, I will make you proud. He's all on board. Let's yeah. go. Let's do it. And, well, and, and how many mm-hmm. times, imagine this, how many times did Falstaff and Hal go through all that rigmarole and it actually ends up making the conversation that Hal has with his dad worse. That is why Bolingbroke is going, stop doing what you're doing. And there had been, you know, because Hal's concerned, well, dad's going to tell me to stop drinking and partying. So he goes through the whole thing with Falstaff and then he goes and he's like, dad, I'm not going to stop drinking and partying. And then, and then Bolingbroke's like, oh, fine. Do it. Go, go fuck yourself. You've got, I've got, you've got brothers. So then let's flash to the, um, Falstaff Hal relationship. And yes, Falstaff is manipulative. 100%. He's, he's drunk uncle. He's is the worst drunk uncle. He's drunk uncle. But he's also, he's a smart drunk uncle and he is manipulative in what he says and how he says it. Mm-hmm. He knows how to butter Hal up. He knows how to, you know, get what he wants. So he's got one father who is, although disappointed, in the end, is supportive, and one father figure who is giving to the point of ruin, and in the end, is and manipulative, and is in the end disappointed. You're right. Um, I didn't raise you to go die for someone else. Yeah, I didn't teach you to go out there and get stabbed by people. And then we go and we, we take fight, you. we live, we run, we, we we hide. Exactly. That's what we we live. The point is to live and live well and with. Prostitutes. Yeah, we get drunk and have sex with whores. Whores. And then you go to the the third father-son dynamic, which is just awful. <laughs> so here is a son who cannot be controlled, and a father who continues to feed the fire. And, and then, so, at the and end... Even, and even when he's trying to be like, you need to stop talking like this or the king's going to fucking kill you. And then the next page, he's like, but if you're going to talk like that, we could just depose him. I mean, I helped put him there. Do you want me to get your uncle? Yes. Yeah, get your like uncle. Let's depose whipping, him. Whipping his son up into a frenzy. And, and then he- and then being hands off like, you can go challenge the king, but I'm not going to. And it's very self-preservation. At, at the end, he leaves and he hangs him out to dry. It's actually yeah. very similar to... The Falstaff-Hell relationship in that regard. Yeah, that it's... Well, but Falstaff and Hal, they knew exactly who the other one was. And at no point in time... And yes, I know we talked a little bit about how Falstaff showed up with a bottle of wine instead of a sword. And Hal was like, you're useless. But Hal didn't count on Falstaff to not be Falstaff. No, he never expected John Falstaff to not Hotspur be... was counting on his father... Hotspur is dead because his father stayed home. Yeah. So his father's own preservation was more important than well, his son. Well, that's because Hal knew what to expect from John Falstaff's gregarious nature. Oh, and he just cracked open another gregarious nature beer. <laughs> that's my beer of choice for tonight because of John Falstaff. I bet it is better than this very bitter... I that wasn't that bad. I think you just really don't you, you don't like IPAs, so I you're know, automatically predisposed it. to not enjoy it. I had to buy it. 
Although it is the same price as a six pack of High Life, which I would have liked better. This is good though. Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad. Good. I'm glad. glad good. Good. Great. Yeah. Great. Good. Glad you so liked how's it. So how's the how's the chocolate pulp? Um, eggnog fudge is fifty four percent. Oh wow, that's that is than I too expected. close. That is too uh, close. Twenty two votes to nineteen votes. Has Tell your dad to quit voting. He has. Actually, he voted for eggnog. His comment on the post was, "This, this is my Sophie's choice." <laughs> well, I knew it would be, but I also knew eggnog. He was going to vote eggnog. I knew that. Before. You guys going to mail him out a box? Uh, the smutzlers are on it. Oh, God. that's awful nice of you guys. You guys that could is. have given me his box. <laughs> yeah, I'd have taken it too. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. we would have gotten it to you. Eventually, right? Sure. I would have mailed the poop. <laughs> the turd fudge. Which you would have picked over the lemon fudge. You would have picked it over the lemon fudge. We would have given you have... your your choice over the lemon fudge. So, I think... But no, it's, and it's it's a good... The, the father and son conversation is the important is an important one to have, too. There's a lot of really good thematic things that you can play with in this play. If you're staging it or you're doing an adaptation... You know, the father-son dynamics, the the theme of honor, and, and each of the major characters' honor. But it's also a great a great setup for the next play. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to read Henry Part 2, because I don't remember the last time I did. Everybody I who's thinking in- about Henry the Four is thinking about Henry the Four Part 1. I'm telling you, anybody who's thinking about Henry, oh, I Shakespeare just, I is did- King Henry... This is the one they're thinking of. I disagree. I disagree. A lot of people are thinking about Henry V because they're thinking about St. Crispin's Day. They're thinking about Once More into the Breach. I say that almost every time I walk back into work. Yep. (sighs) Once More into the Breach. Here we go. But every time I unlock the doors, it's Let's Let the Dogs of War. (laughs) That's a... I know that I know it's a different show. It's Julius Caesar. Yeah, I know. it's a different show. I know, and but... that's what we. Why didn't I buy Red Dog for that day? You should have. I yeah. should have. The, the dogs. <laughs> Who looks at the dog? Oh, now I remember because I don't want to drink it. <laughs> you didn't want to drink a twelve or a Red Dog. <laughs> hey, when we were in college, a twelve or a Red Dog was like three fifty. I remember. I used to drink twelve we, packs of Red Dog like it was going walked, out of style. We walked to quarters, campus quarters, to buy Red Dog because on no purpose, one, on purpose, because <laughs> no one else in town sold it. Should have told us why. It was terrible. Well, it was cheap though. Let's look. We can we can scrounge up ten bucks and get three twelve packs. <laughs> High five. Um, <laughs> Throw in two right. more bucks. We had a pack of smokes. So now let's get down to the nitty gritty of what this episode is about. Let's cast this bitch. Is Are we gonna, we're Parks and Rec. I was going to say, is it truth or control? It's not. <laughs> it, is, it is about control. It's about truth. I don't give a fuck what you say, Ward. <laughs> Ward goes, it's not about either. You're idiots. It's about jealousy. Uh... Jealousy and control are so incredibly linked together. And both of them draw from truth. I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to make your teeth bleed. I'm going to make your teeth bleed. <laughs> to quote Shakespeare. <laughs> to quote the bard himself. I'm going to make your teeth bleed. All right, so let's park and, parks and wreck this bitch. All right, so this was really amusing last episode when we were three and four beers in. Now it's been like an hour and we started to sober up, so I'm worried that it's not as <laughs> No, I think it's still as funny. Uh, um, but Sassy is John Rowley. The, the yeah. initial casting, is he's right. He's the worst. 
Falstaff is John Ralphio Sabristy. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's true. So, he would even in, get himself a job, hit on somebody in a uh, HR inappropriate way, and then be like, so just see myself out the way I came in? Yes. <laughs> Gotta go. So, so just, this is, in keeping, this is the door. In keeping with the best friend, does that make um, uh, Tom Haverford? I think Tom Haverford is, is Hal. Hal is, is you Tom You just Fresh. missed the craziest night. Yes. You know, that whole speech. Yeah. Yes. Hal is Tommy Fresh. Because yeah. he then tries to go legitimate and make things right. He does. He, try, he tries to. After, he, after Entertainment 720. We, it's not just one time around. It's two times around. <laughs> and I think that that does, in fact, make Leslie Nope King Henry Bolingbroke. Bolingbroke is Nope. Yep. Blunt is Ron Swanson. Yes. <laughs> yep. Who's no. Hotspur? No, no Blunt. I'm sorry. Goodbye. And the speech. Dennis Feinstein. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta go back. No, I said Feinstein. As Hotspur. As Hotspur. I I have to disagree. Ron Swanson is Douglas. (laughs) Ron is Dougie? No, I was actually gonna say, no, I was gonna say Chris Traeger was Dougie. I I 100% think that Chris... Pratt's character, Andy, <laughs> okay. is Blunt. Okay, yeah, okay. Not, okay there it is. Because Blunt it. would be the guy who's like, oh, you're totally the king, I'm going to swoop. And then he's dead. <laughs> and then he's dead. And he would also be the one who's like, hey, guys, this dude said that he wasn't giving you anything. That's not what I said. It is. Hold on, I've got a recording. <laughs> oh, oh. This is just this is just me singing some songs. Hold on, I'll fast forward. No, I'm just rewinding through more Leslie, songs. Leslie, Leslie, I typed in your symptoms into this bar up here. And it's I'm doing a network connection error. <laughs> I just keep wiping and wiping and wiping. Still more poop. Stop pooping. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway, so What's okay. Is that not up? Both of those Chris Pratt lines were improv So... <laughs> Andy Dwyer is the greatest so television character. Just so, period. So, bl- so blunt. Okay, fine. Andy mm-hmm. Dwyer. I'll accept it. Okay, good. Thank you. I'll accept it. Um, let's. <laughs> Who's Ann Perkins? Oh, Ann Perkins has got to be. Oh, that's I don't know. Has to be somebody that's on on Bolingbroke's side. Yeah. It's probably his second son, Prince John. Prince All right, John. fine, we'll say Prince John. Because he's like, hey, have you guys seen Prince John? Prince John's amazing. <laughs> have you seen him? He's, he's a beautiful great. land <laughs> he's, a, he's, a star, he's a starfish. I gave him an army. What are you going to do about it, Prince Hal? Graceful jellyfish. And you land, you glorious land mermaid. Ugh. <laughs> That's so dumb. It is. It's so dumb, but it's perfect. All right, I am going to go ahead and go out on a limb here. Go out on a limb. Mm -hmm. Uh, And say that uh, Lady uh, Hotspur is Jerry. Actually, I I thought about it. I don't think that Dougie can be... Ron Swanson? Dougie can be Ron Swanson. Why not? I think Dougie's Jerry. Oh, no, you know what? Jerry is probably Francis. Ooh. <laughs> With a, Anon, 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 I'm coming. I'm that, yes. That's, yes, that's Jerry. Yep, that's All, right. Jerry. All right, Dougie can still be Ron Swanson then. So that's definitely Jerry. Oh. <laughs> Who's Donna? 
It's Donna's Lady Percy. Lady Percy? <laughs> so I almost... She's not, oh, she is sassy. I almost wish, she is sassy. I almost wish that April Ludgate could be Falstaff, because then uh, <laughs> Pito and uh, Birdo could be her gay boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, she can't. She can't be false. That no, it has to be John Ralphio. That has to be John Ralphio. No, which Chase, means, Chase literally hit that like beautifully. Which means that Pito is probably Pito and Berto are both Mona Lisa. They're both Mona Lisa <laughs> yes. Saperstein. Honey, please. They're they are both characters are Mona Lisa Saperstein. Mona Lisa Saperstein. Oh my god. No, no, one of them is Mona Lisa. The other one is Orin. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. Give He's you a quote, but he? he never he never speaks. Never speaks. Oh my gosh. I love that Blunt is Andy <laughs> Dwyer. <laughs> oh. So what's You know we have to stage this now, right? I know, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> and really expensive. So Chris Traeger then is Westmoreland. Because he's just gonna stay home. His body wouldn't let him. No, no. He <laughs> no. got the flu. I got the flu. My body shut down. No, he's not. I'm dying. No, he's been Wyatt. My body. Because he's been Wyatt. Because Don't. he's. No, he's shutting down the town. Don't. He shuts down Hotspur like he shuts down Pawnee. He didn't shut down no. Pawnee. He shut down Ice Town. First of all. And also, no. No. Ben Wyatt is an amazing person. Just because you're married to Ben Wyatt doesn't mean you can say he's that. You can't be married to Ben Wyatt. I'm married to Ben Wyatt. You're both married to Ben Wyatt. Uh, also, sorry. You're both. I know it's fair. We both married Leslie. No, like that. that <gasps> yeah, you're definitely a Leslie. She's happy to be a Leslie. I, I wear that oh, with yeah. pride. I have a thing for binders. Trust me, I'm, I'm a. <laughs> For minors? I heard I have a theme for minors. I heard that, that too. Not what I, said. I heard I heard that too. Not what I said. I, I said heard binders. Shit. For binders? I could have you said well, you had a thing a for minors, and I'm like, you that's can't a... work in <laughs> That's a complete then you should be happy to know that when I closed down the Glendale branch, I took about six binders. I'm like, ooh, no, yeah. these are nice. This is a D-ring where no, it's yeah, on the both, opposing you're, side. You're both Ben Wyatt, you and Chris both. And you're definitely a Leslie, I'm sorry. Shut the fuck up. That's oh, right. I'm I'm Ron and Andy mixed together like a squirrel ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with some Ben Wyatt sprinkles. You got you've got the mentality of Andy in the Ron Swanson body. <laughs> I actually have the Andy Dwyer body, <laughs> at least until the later seasons. Yeah, until we stop drinking beer. Until Star Lord. Beer when you drink a lot, apparently. A lot, apparently. <laughs> that was a really good scene when they go to the basketball court. What happened to you? I stopped drinking beer. <laughs> How much were you drinking? A lot. <laughs> oh my god. I think that's all the characters. That's good enough, though. I think, I, think we, yeah. I think we had fun. I think we had fun parks and wrecking this, and, and everyone else got to listen to us derail for it's a little true. while and giggle. Well, this is, I think, of all of the histories, this is the one that's going to be the most funny and enjoyable. Oh, it, it is, is. It is the most fun It's, it's the history. comedy history. It's the cool one, you know? It's not a it's tragic hip. one. It's hip. It's down. It's with it. The next By the one, way, it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts, and I have to say this, Tyler. Julius Caesar is not a history. Don't. Lump it in with the history. Oh, stop it. No, he did that. I don't care. He, I, I do, though. But you though. can't just yell at... If you want to yell at Tyler... No, he called, he called me out on things when he did his recording that we released. Then I would say just personal message him. No. He did it on air. I get to do it on air. 
It's a tragedy. It's the tragedy of Julius Caesar. It's, yes, it's it in is the title. not a history. It's in the title, or it's you're the prancing comedy. jack and apes. Hey, I don't know if that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think we use that kind of language in this apartment. Maybe. <laughs> Shut your mouth! <laughs> yeah, we say fucking in this house. We don't say jack and I want that cross stitch on a pillow. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't fucking say jack and apes in this house. <laughs> we say fucking in this house. <laughs> you jack and ape. I feel like that is... So, if that feels very much like the five-year-old making up words that aren't potty words that won't get him in trouble. Like, I feel like Michael would be like, Whoa, you're... Boo boo duty face, you jackanape. <laughs> I I want to hear your child call your other child a jackanape. I done, don't care which done. one. It'll happen tomorrow. I, I, I want to hear, but first, Helen has to call him a boo boo duty face. <laughs> that's, yeah, I'll take the that's also, that's also not hard. So there is a book can out there. Can you call Chris boo boo duty face? Yes, I can. I'll do it right now. Are you really sure to record it? Yeah. Because I think it would be funny. <laughs> it'd be like, Except, He'll be except, like, was that a bet? Well, okay. Is that Stephanie or Ryan? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just, I looked up exactly what a jack and ape is. Oh, good. Um, and there are, are two definitions. The first is an impudent or conceited fellow, but the second is... Yeah, a, jack and ape. The second is a saucy or mischievous child. Oh, no. jack and ape. Then Both work for Tyler at Lemons. You didn't even know where you were going there. I thought you were going to say Hedrick for yep. a minute. You thought you were going to say Ward in the middle, and then I, I, that's the I started to say Ward, so I stopped myself, which made me almost say Hedrick because I was like, "No, the other Tyler. No, wait, his name's Lemons now." Uh, and James, which is, I fully support. James is one hundred percent a jackanape. Which is actually, I fully support him being Lemons. <laughs> now. It still is an adjustment because I've known I, I knew the man for. Was it an adjustment to switch from singer to roars for me? Yeah, I called you Soars for a while. Mm, that's right. And I choose to... No, actually, I, I actually referred to you as singer for a long time after you got yeah. married. It's, it, honestly, all of it, you know, like, when people's names change, it takes me a minute, you know, sometimes. I respect I respect I'm it. I'm pretty sure I just, you're, yeah, you're still high on in my phone. Um, I definitely introduced myself as Cassie Guyon the other day and went, that's... Not right. Hey, I hashtag your guys' wedding, so I knew what was going on with that. <laughs> C2G2. C2G2. Yeah, every once in a while, it's still like, Elizabeth... I still call I still call Sarah Freiling Sarah Erkenbrecher. I call all her. The time. Is she still? She's well. Black. She's Jerkenbrecher. She's, uh, black and Decker. She is. Her she's brother, my phone. She's her a, brother is still the Erkenbrecher. She's still on my phone as Jerkenbrecher, and Jerk he's and the Erkenbrecher. brother. He's the Erkenbrecher. <laughs> he's Erkenbrecher. No, call him by his genitalia. He's the Erkenbrecher. <laughs> I try not to refer to anyone by their genitalia. Thank you. You call me a. Oh, it's, I don't have a dick. No. <laughs> You so me, do we, think, guys, do we have think, anything of substance left to put into this yeah, podcast? Yeah, don't call me a jackanape, you jackanape. But don't it, call me a butt, you butt. It does apply to it does apply to lemons. <laughs> he is a prancing jackanapes. Wait, hold on. Is jackanapes plural? 
It, is jackanape the singular and jackanape's yes. plural? So yes. how can he be a prancing jackanape? He's multiple. Yeah, he's like three stacked on top of each other trying to sneak into an army. <laughs> 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 is it the Muppet? With the trench coat. With no, the tall yeah. man? The he's, tall he's man He's an impudent child. He's three impudent children. He's that stacked, stacked up together to make the other definition of jackanape. I, I, I have to admit, I prefer, I prefer the impotent rage of children to the impotent rage of adults. Oh, absolutely. I'm just going to tell you right now. I love. I have. I have had childhood both in rain. my face within the past year. Oh, it's so in the past year. Yeah, you need to come to my house more often. No, you can get it on the same day. I don't wanna. All right, so um, it <laughs> wait, is. Wait, wait, let me let me see. Do I have sure anything? Could, do I have anything it, else I wanted to let's talk about? Derail her again. No, can we do it? Yeah. We can do it. I can do it. Yes, what, we are okay. We talked about the nature of honor. Honor. Yeah. yeah. We talked about. And I never once said honor and offer. Which is what Falstaff would have said. Yeah. That's his definition of honor. Yeah. Uh, we also talked about high and low, low language. The only thing that I was going to think about covering was legitimacy of rulership, which was a big thing about Bolingbroke, but we didn't cover uh, it. I mean, we did cover it. We talked about him trying to legitimize his, but it's not... The, it's not a running theme throughout the play. It's just a thing that is. It's, a, it's the most. Thi- it's the most it's, important thing for Bolingbroke. It's pushing the play, but it, Bolingbroke's not the most important thing in the play. No, he's not. King Henry the Fourth is not the most important thing, and I am excited to reread with this kind of revelation that whoever the king is in the title is never the most important person in the play. I'm excited to read Henry V again. Henry V is the most important person in that play. To see if I can't make it work still. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Henry the... uh, Richard III is still the most important person in that one. And his, yes. King Richard III, he is the most important person in Richard III. But I... I do kind of agree with Cassie. We're probably we're probably at the end of our road. I, I think one. so. Mm-hmm. I think people may have stopped listening at no. this point. <laughs> I hope you haven't, because you should know Cassie is wide-eyed and frustrated. Uh, you know what we haven't done yet that we always do? Oh, Cassie. Hey, this is a terrible beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, best of it. Why do you give me the horrible one? Because it's bad. <laughs> And it's like lukewarm at this point. It was lukewarm when she started drinking it's it. It's true. She didn't, even, she didn't even let it get cold. Just I like did. Idaho. Actually, the lukewarm. can the can has Sorry, a sticker around it, so it actually feels warmer than it actually is. No, she still didn't let it get cold though, because I tasted it and it was almost warm earlier. Oh, oh yeah, it's kind of like vomit in the back of your throat, isn't it? It's a bad one. <laughs> Oh, wow. It's like rubbing alcoholic went all up into my sinuses. When I have a little bit of vomit come up the back of my throat, that's what it tastes like. (laughs) I've never made Cassie make that face. No. Oh, it's real bad. Notably rude. Yeah, so my own private Idaho is about a hell. Um, (laughs) And this beer is getting a a no stars for me. I won't buy this again. It's it's not going away. (laughs) Oh, no, it doesn't. Usually I swallow a few times. Goes away. So, um, do we want to make her drink another one? No, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. I think that I won tonight, though. Oh no, because that uh, Welsh. Yeah. First that... of all, we have never completed a six pack that I've brought in True. one night. But that Welsh rare bit, it's gone. And no, there's you... still another one in there. I thought you drank it. No, I only I w- had one. I wouldn't have cracked this. I would have left it for <laughs> no, no. I didn't want to drink this. No, <laughs> I, I spent, I I spent way too much money on a joke. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, you know, because the Welsh, Welsh one... Enjoy it tomorrow. My mouth tastes like a skunk. <laughs> the, the, the Welsh one, I didn't actually really like the Welsh one. Oh, I like the Welsh one a lot. It has... No. So she... Cassie was mulling some uh, cider earlier, because she's 
uh, that amazing. Mm-hmm. And the Welsh rarebit had that same taste in it as the cider that she was mulling. So it was this great taste. And then with the chocolate, it really was a no, very I, good I, beer. I, I don't know. I don't like it. I'd get it again. And I will. I don't know. I've had it before. Uh, the, the I, saw, I saw you walk in with it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's just good. Yeah. But, but... The only, th- the only, the only, the only part of the play that fits is the fact that there are Welsh people in it. There are when Flugelin comes back uh, for Henry V. I'm getting it again. Flugelin. You called him Flugelin. Yeah, like a flagellin on the top of a. It's my, it's my cilia. It's my flagellin. You called him Flugelin. It's a, it's how I move. So I'm Cassie Greenlee. I'm Beth Roars. I'm, I'm Chase Greenlee. And it's it's time to say goodnight. Yep, Shakespeare. She's mad. I can still taste the beer. <laughs> I told you it was bad. Say goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight, John Boy. What, Paul? Still tasting it? Ah, uh, dicks. Sweet meats. Not beans.